Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Seal of Approval. Hello there, and welcome back to Seal of Approval, the podcast bringing you weekly judgments on the latest movie news and reviews. I'm Calum, your host, and today I'm joined by my two guests, Charles and Nick the Canadian. Hello. Hello, hello, how are you? Nick, to introduce yourself, tell us one of your top 25 movies of all time. Hmm, I would say Starship Troopers would be one of my top 25 films. Good shout. And uh, Charles, same goes for you. I would say Princess Mononaki. That's a great film. Yunte actually gave Spirited Away as his top pick in the last episode. So I was going to say that one, but then I thought I'd go I'd go a little bit older than that and go one of their earlier movies. It's pretty good. I find it really hard to put things at the top of my list because I enjoy things, but I'll never consider them as like the best. Like, there's very few movies if I get that. So like, I don't know. I just I guess I don't become a huge fan of things that easily. I'm too I'm too cynical. I, I I find a lot of films are kind of like your favorite films are often memories of your childhood or being like different stages of your life. So I find that like my favorite films are usually things that really change the way I look at something. Like Way Saving Private Ryan changed my outlook on war, or I don't know, Amelie, which is like really like cute and. You know, wholesome story. It's also sad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But like these are different like um, you know, lessons, right? The ones that move you, yes. Are more than just colours on the screen. Yeah. I find people are like these moments get burnt in and then those are their favorite movies. <laughs> you know, when they're like eighty years old, like, what's your favorite movie? It's like I don't know, a movie that came out when I was a kid. <laughs> and I, I just don't think that way, I don't think. Like I just yeah. The thing I like most is the thing I watched most recently. <laughs> it tends to be the my answer. So, uh, so that's Monster Hunter, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not always, I guess. You're right. But in general, it's I have a short memory for these kind of things. For, for me, it massively depends on, especially now, having worked in the industry, I appreciate well-crafted films. And often tends to be, like you say, Nick, older ones. <laughs> uh, but... Every now and then you get a bit of a gem, but definitely the the writing quality has has dropped in Hollywood over the last five or ten years. I find like medium budget movies are where that type of stuff happens in terms of well crafted story, and that the medium budget movie is kind of unfortunately I don't know it's there's no there's no cinematic well no there's no there's no space in cinemas for those types of movies anymore. It's all like big IPs and that have to be kind of like a roller coaster tentpole type thing, right? Yeah, true. So this is the state of our industry. The state, yes. <laughs> uh, now that we've let everyone judge our taste, let's move on to the all-important points. And we start, obviously, with round one. Movie news highlights of the week. In this round, I offer up clues to each of my guests, and they gain a point if they correctly guess which movie news item it refers to. Let's start with Nick. Which company just announced they were throwing their child-friendly policy out the window? Hmm. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> I can give you a second clue. Now nah, pass it to me. <laughs> okay, this will make it a lot easier for you. What movie will give Disney their first R? Oh. I still don't know. <laughs> oh, dear. Can I come oh, in with the win? Yes, I will I'll give the points to Charles then. Go for Charles. Deadpool is coming into the MCU universe, and it's going to be the first R-rated MCU universe movie. Hot on, points to Charles. Yes, so Deadpool 3 will be the MCU's first R-rated movie, which also got fans hoping that the Blade reboot would follow suit. I always find it funny when things like this get announced. Like, but what about this other thing that's not talked about right now? <laughs> it's like there's always outrage or always demand more. Like little kids in the candy store. <laughs> I do wonder how much of it is fans <laughs> or just 
the news outlets. Well, that's true. <laughs> Good point. Well, I guess especially today, with less movies dropping in the cinema each week, it's harder to find news to talk about. So they do have to. It's make up uh, news. Generate their own uh, their own items. So, but but what do you think uh, about this new move for Disney? Do you think the two styles can mix? Well, I don't know. Disney is not the larger it gets, and the more corporate. Well, it's always been very corporate, but. Yeah, the larger it gets and the more it resembles these other type of like media companies that are also tech companies at the same time, the less distinction you're gonna see from family to they're gonna like they're gonna be putting their hands in everything at this point. Because before they had a very clear brand that was very family focused, but I feel now they're capitalizing on other markets that are uh that's because they can, because they have the reach and they have the the, the money <laughs> and and the connections now because they've bought huge sectors of the uh, of the entertainment industry yeah i can't remember if i've talked about it on this or with someone else is they kind of have to start bringing more adult content in because you go to disney plus and you have the subscription there's nothing really on there except mandalorian and all the other star wars stuff that you've people have already seen uh, there isn't much there for adults and so it makes sense and buying marvel is already leaning towards the slightly more violent side of things but I, th- I think it, it will fit because it seems like they're going to make anything fit into MCU universe because they can, but, and it makes them more money, so they will. But I think with the introduction of um, Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok, it's leaning towards that more silly humor, and leaning away from the the style of the other Avenger movies. And so I think there is room for the, the, the different style of comedy in the, the universe. Like I think it... I think it will work. Is it necessary? Probably not. Will it make sense? Probably not as well, but they'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, I just wonder because, you know, to see Deadpool chopping up people with limbs and and blood and all that, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think, personally, I'd rather keep him out, but that's also because, you know, I hate Ryan Reynolds. How dare you? <laughs> is literally my least favourite actor. Oh, there's plenty of way above him. Uh, I, I actually like him. Such a Canadian icon. Come on. Yeah. I know. I know. I don't mind him. I actually kind of like him. I I can't stand his humor, his voice, his face. Um. Yeah. Just everything about him. So I would rather he stayed out of the MCU. <laughs> you just described described Christian Bale to me. <laughs> what? Christian Bale's great. I don't know. I feel like when I see serious actors working as superheroes, I don't know. To me, like, it's all about like the the, the spandex thing. It's a, to me like Batman is like Adam West. <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah, it needs to be a bit silly. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be goofy because it's already a goofy thing. And then when they make it super serious, it's like, but it's still Batman. You know, like <laughs> if you want the spandex, then that's that's totally cool. Um, it sounds like. <laughs> Sounds like the Suicide Squad, uh, James Gunn's version, will be right up your alley and all there. Vibrant. Okay, so moving on. I've got a clue for you now, Charles. Yes. So, which action movie didn't want to switch off the camera? Switch off the camera? Hmm. This, uh, this uh, one is a lot more obscure. It does sound obscure. You've been mean to me today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can I make a guess and then still get a second clue? <laughs> No, just give me another clue. Give me another clue. Which new action flick features a feature-length take? Oh, I did see something about this because I do like my Asian films. Uh, is it something like it's something about Samurai, Crazy Samurai, or something? They did seventy-seven minute um, one scene. I need to see this movie now. Like, I need to see this real bad. Uh, yes, so that's the low-budget indie movie Crazy Samurai Four Hundred Versus One. Yes, it features a seventy-seven minute single take action scene so it's like a dunkirk basically but actually one one shot instead of uh a... yeah you mean 1917 or... <laughs> oh yeah no, it was 1917 that was the shot okay. <laughs> i don't remember which one there was that there was an old movie um like it was like people couldn't have kids and then this guy was who was protecting a lady who was pregnant like there hadn't been a baby born in like 18 years or something oh yeah i remember that one ah what was that movie called because uh, they had a really long take, and they like the camera followed them, like it was like war through like a war zone type situation, and it was really cool. It was really impressive. 
and you knew it was one take because they got blood on the camera lens and they kept it. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't seen that. But what do you think of long takes in general? Are, are there any that you appreciate, Nick? Well, I went through a phase uh, as this, as like a videographer, cinematographer, where I always wanted to do long takes and follow shots with gimbals, and it was always like because I had seen that that approach in in short films during the um, in, in TIFF. I think it was I think t- back in 2017, I saw one film, uh, independent film made in Quebec, and it was just uh, all one take the whole thing. It was around 15 minutes long, and it was just about a guy that found his girlfriend cheating on him in a bar and the whole like rambunctious kind of situation that that created and the like it's weird like the way that the story is told with the camera very very interesting tool it's a really interesting effect because you are i feel like you are being transported through space and that really helps it with immersion Mm. especially when it's done in a in a way that that like uses the camera as a tool to really focus on the action and get you in the action or beside it or even near a face or you know what i mean or sometimes the camera will pan away deliberately to so that you don't see something happening but you know like you want to see what's going on so it's really cool like long takes can be really really well done yeah really fun yeah see i've never really thought about it the way you just described it nick and it makes sense you that it really puts you in as a fly on the wall which is kind of the whole concept for films. Like you're, you're an observer on something that you normally wouldn't be able to observe. But where I like long takes is more, I'm a huge Kung Fu film fan. And I like to see the art and the skill of the actual martial artist or the stuntman on screen. And with the more modern quick take, fast take action movies we get now, they're impressive and, and action packed, but you don't really see the same skill set come out. They're just doing a short movement and then cut next short movement. Whereas I like to see these long fight scenes that are literally two guys have spent hours practicing this fight scene. They're actually getting hurt as they fight. And that's what I like to see, like the old Jackie Chan films, the old uh, Jet Li films. Uh, and so I like a long take. And that's what this film sounds like it might be. It's a, a, a well-choreographed fight scene that's <laughs> ridiculously long. Don't know about well choreographed. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it doesn't go down that well, but I'm curious to see it. And I can, but you can give credit where credit's due when you see the whole thing. Like there is good skill in there, and that gets taken away. And the editor has control um, in more modern films. So maybe 77 minutes is a little long, but a longer take and allowing someone to just fight or do their action, um, there's something said for that. No, no, I, I definitely agree. I think it definitely comes down to the choreography. Yes. Uh, but as you said, and having, you know, you and I both done stunts in various films and, you know, studied fighting, I think we can both appreciate good choreography when when it's on display and you can see it. Yes. I guess from from that perspective, long takes are, are great because you actually <laughs> see what's going on. Yeah, one of my favorite fight scenes is from a Chinese film. It's not the best film. It's uh, gorgeous. It's a Jackie Chan film. Uh, it's a love story, but there's a great fight scene. And there, there are cuts. They do some fancy editing and, and cutting, but there is also times when they just put a camera there and they the two guys, Jackie Chan, and it's this little Australian fighter who's smaller than Jackie Chan, and they chose him for that reason, but he can move, man. He's quick. And they, they just straight up kickbox, basically, like just straight up fight. And it's just cool to see the speed and the talent of these these performers. And yeah, you lose some of that now with the whole, even though I like uh, Born Identity, the fun movies, that whole era now is just quick edits, quick cuts. Yeah, the the Born trilogy has a lot to answer for, I think, in terms of <laughs> what we see in terms of action on the big screen these days, for sure. Well, actually, have you seen, have you seen Extraction? Ooh... Netflix film is actually directed by a stuntman. Yes, and no, I did see that. That was very good action. That was really well done. And they had some quite long takes from memory in that too, where like they follow them through like buildings and stuff. It doesn't necessarily need to be what we might consider a long take. The action should be visible. Yes. Um, yes. In, <laughs> you know, obviously we, we, we edit to one, make it safe. 
uh, for the actors, but also so that we can do more ridiculous things. I think, yeah, we just in general, it would be nice if uh, one, the color grade allowed us to actually see what was going on, the lighting. Um, but yeah, also just having the camera either a little bit steadier or a bit wider. One of my favorite action scenes is from Old Boy, the Korean movie. I don't know if you've seen the hallway fight scene. No, I haven't actually, no. Oh, it's so great. Uh, um, yeah, you should. We'll, we'll add that to the watch list. I should put Ong back on that watch list as well. Oh, yep. Yeah. Ong Bak is a, a homage to the old Chinese cinema. They were just doing what they loved from watching the, the Hong Kong films. Yes, no, we can all appreciate great action when it's well choreographed and well shot. All right, I'll open this next clue up to either of you. So first person to jump in with the right answer gets the point. Your first clue. Which movie has no time to screen? No time to screen? As in show. I know which one. Uh, The James Bond one. No time to die or whatever it's called. There you go. Yes, Charles. Spot on. Damn. (laughs) Yes, uh, No Time to Die, the next... James Bond movie featuring Been delayed. Craig, yes. Uh, it may skip Easter and move closer to Thanksgiving. And when we say May, it will. So. <laughs> what threw me off is that there's been a few movies delayed um, just recently. So I was thinking, there's been lots delayed. How can it be one? But then I realised the pun. Do you like Daniel Craig's Bond? Nope. There's another actor that is worse than Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, really? I think he's pretty good. Daniel Craig played uh, the inspector in Knives Out, and you had this like American southern southern gentleman act. Well, I can't do it, but southern gentleman accent, and he did it really well. He sounded like Colonel Sanders. He's not that bad, of, he's not that bad of an actor. I just think he's playing as James Bond. I'm not a. I don't know. I like James Bond not being like a like as you were saying before. Like the James Bond movies were highly were very much. Um, influenced by the action scenes of the Born Identity trilogy as well, so I find the new Bonds are characterized by that. And whenever I see Daniel Craig, I think of that. <laughs> I like my old school Bonds, but the '90s Bond was fun. Um, what's his name? Like Golden Eye and um, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, like the suave, um, sophisticated Bond that did do a bit of fighting, did shoot a gun and stuff, but was more of like a, a spy. While uh, Daniel Craig's just like you know Rambo with a suit, he also does like bored most of the time, yeah. uh, especially trailers for No Time to Die. Just his face looks like it's like melting. Yeah, he's like, got like <laughs> angry wrist face, bored wrist face. <laughs> so if if you're gonna recast you know, anybody in particular that you'd be interested in seeing as Bond, like a current actor or oh, I know. I know, I know exactly what I'm going to say. Okay, Ryan Reynolds should be the next James Bond. <laughs> oh, get out of here! Get out of here! Well, never hands, a bond hands down, anyway. best well, choice. Best, definitely the best actor for the job. He'll bring humor to the role. Uh, yeah. He has to be British. No, no. So, like, like you know what? You can do the accent. You can do the accent. <laughs> we're gonna voice coach everything. You know, it'll be all good. It doesn't need to be British. He just has to sound British. He's part of the Commonwealth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there we go. Qualified. He's the subject of the Queen. Have a word with the Queen and we'll get him. Imagine they, they just started rotating it that way. They're like, okay, Australian James Bond, Canadian James Bond. Kiwi James Bond. Kiwi James Bond, yeah. Indian James Bond. That'd be a good one. Are you sure there isn't like a James Bond in, in Bond? Yeah, there must be. Sure it like there, there would be a rip off for sure. He's like a cop and he like could flip like pickup trucks. <laughs> I don't know, like the crazy the crazy fight scenes they do there in Bollywood. Pretty pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty great. Yeah. It's so it's very animated. It's like a cartoon, you know, sometimes. Like it's like I'm watching a cartoon rather than a movie. It's weird. I was actually talking to a Bollywood director last week and I brought up there's a movie I I forget if this is his actual name. I doubt it. It's, it's The Fly. So not, not anything to do with uh, the Western movie. 
Uh, but it's all about a man who gets transformed into a fly, but then has to fight people as a fly. <laughs> it's that sounds cool. Funniest thing I've ever seen. This guy throws a knife at the fly, and the fly, like in slow mo in midair, like flips it around and sends it flying back. And, oh, it's just, oh, yeah, it's actually hilarious. We we definitely should watch that yeah, together. Fun. Bollywood has some amazing movies just from that perspective. I mean, the, this director that I was talking to, who's he was actually very embarrassed when I brought it up. And he was saying, why can't we produce good things? But I don't know. But I think Bollywood has its charm. Well, I, um, I, as long as you don't want to take it too seriously. How about those like giant battle scenes that they do? It's, it's funny because I've never seen these full films. I always see the social these things on like social media, you know, like um, mashups of different like Bollywood films, you know? So they'd like, they would recreate Gladiator, but in Bollywood, you know, instead of instead of rome it's like their history and there's like giant war elephants and crazy stuff like that but it's i find they're like cgi isn't bad it's gotten pretty good you know in terms of, of catching up with hollywood well that do that out or hollywood's outsourcing them anyway yeah. so they've, they've learned all the techniques yeah, it's, it's uh it's interesting yeah like much more globalized uh industry turning it's turning out to be yeah to conclude do you actually want any more of Bond or do you feel like his character and his story is outdated or overplayed? I honestly can't think who else could replace. Like I wouldn't have a name. I would make, I wouldn't mind it changing up. I'd keep the universe and I keep Bond, but I would retire Bond as like a character, like recurring character. And they've done this in other TV shows and other series where, you know, the main character gets retired, but acts as like a backdrop to the story or, you know, doesn't you know, like appear, you know, like Bond is a mysterious, but it's not the main character anymore. Maybe make it a female character that's like an, a, a new spy or, you know what I mean? Like not make it all, always about the same type of like typical character and formula. You switch up the formula to make it relevant, but keep Bond and the universe intact. I think that would be the best approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that don't make it a female Bond, but make it, I think we've talked about this before, Callum, uh, 008 or whatever, and it's it's a whole new agent. But it could be kind of cool still having Bond like make appearances, but this, he's the, he's now second fiddle, not... Yeah. He's not the, he's not the guy. Mm. Well, I mean, it, they're trying to do that in No Time to Die, which I think is the wrong place to do it in his own movie where he's, <laughs> where he's taking second billing. Which is because he doesn't he doesn't care. He probably demanded that happen, so he didn't have to try. Yeah, true. <laughs> he's uh, in it for the money right now. He's uh, he's been doing it for a while, I guess. So maybe he'll he'll move on to the the detective franchise, the Southern Detective. Franchise. He's quite good. You did it like you did a really really good job. I was very surprised in his performance. It really caught me off guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. Although. The accent was really jarring at first, but about twenty minutes in, and I'd I'd got over that. I think you did, yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. I think he's he's good. I'd be happy to see more of more of him. Um, and with that, we're on to round two. Mostly rotten. In this round, my guests have to guess the Rotten Tomato scores for various movies. Closest guess wins the points. So, how about we start with Charles? Thing is, it's your favorite game. Uh, <laughs> Yay! Let's do the Blade trilogy. Okay. So, uh, for the first Blade movie, Charles, you want to give us the critics? Critics score. I think you need to change this description for this game to being Charles guessing it wrong. I don't know. Like, that's a hard one because I know it's got a bit of a cult classic, but I don't imagine that critics would have liked this movie much. So let's go 73. 73. Okay. And for you, Nick, what do you think the critics gave the first Blade movie? I think I would say 61. Uh, well, it's actually 56%. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it, the the era that movies come out in depend on how critics review things. Like yeah, you, were, you were on the right track, though, definitely. The <laughs> critics were not a fan. Um, so, uh, Nick, do you want to give us the audience score? The audience score? Oh, um, yeah. 
And for you, Charles, what do you reckon? I'm going to go high. I'm going to say people like this movie. Um, I'm going to say 79. 79. Charles, you're almost spot on there. 78%. Did I win one? Yes, you did. Are you just tricking me just to to tear me back down? No. no, (laughs) Surprisingly, you actually got one right and almost exactly right. So, wow. Good job, me. Well, in that case, we'll see if you can carry on your <laughs> your winning streak. So uh, we'll move on to Blade 2. Do you want to give us a critic score for the sequel? Ooh. I can't remember when this game, the movie was released. Uh, I'm trying to think what t- period it was released in. Let's go, let's go 61. 61. And for you, Nick? 41%. 41%. Well, in that case, Charles, you have another point. It's 57%. Look at that. Wasn't so rotten. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so the first movie, 56. The second movie, 57. So a slight improvement <laughs> for, the, for the critics anyway. <laughs> um, so what, what do you think the audience thought of the sequel? Nick? Let's give it a 75 and what do you reckon? Charles? Um, I'm going to go 81 again, or 81 this time. Well, uh, it's actually 68%. Oh, okay. I obviously remember these movies not well because <laughs> I can't remember which one people liked. Yeah, so despite the critics actually enjoying the second movie marginally more, uh, the audience were not not a fan of the second one. I haven't seen Blade movies for years, actually, so <laughs> couldn't necessarily tell you myself which one was which. <laughs> oh, that, that's my problem. It's been at least 15 years, if not longer. Okay, so for, for the final installment in the Blade, in the Blade trilogy, uh, with Blade Trinity, that that is the one with Ryan Reynolds, yes, so, so it must be worse. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, <laughs> Do you want to give us the critic score? Yeah, I'll give it a 40. And, and what do you reckon? Let's go 52. 52. Well, you should have listened to me when I said Ryan Reynolds was the problem. It's actually 25%. <laughs> Apparently, okay, okay, okay. I remember reading about this. Apparently, uh, Blade, or what's his name? Wesley Snipes was, like, very high when he was doing that movie. And, like, would mm-hmm. would have these crazy tantrums on set. So this is during his like spiral into uh, darkness. So it can't be Ryan's fault. Ryan's innocent. No, I, there's a reason why he drunk himself into a stupor, and that's because. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, how about the audience score then, uh, Charles? Do you want to give the audience? Score? Let's go fifty-nine. Fifty-nine. Okay. Well, this is going to love it, aren't uh, they? And and for you, Nick? Um, I'm going to go for... I'd say they probably got a 54. Well, Charles, I am blown away. It is exactly 59%. Oh, what? what? I read the market. How, how could... Oh. Charles has been cheating, clearly. He's no, he hasn't. Come on, man. For sure. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That was the, the Blade trilogy. Not not exactly well-received from critics or audiences, to be honest. Um, although it seems to be remembered fondly, I guess. I'm interested in Disney's reboot. And uh, Wesley came out in the news and said that he would always be Blade. So I think he's gunning for a, for a cameo in the movie. <laughs> Is he going to be the old guy? Yeah, like an old mentor or something. <laughs> yeah, always. The guy with the haggard hair and lives in the sewers. That's pretty much how it goes. And it's like, oh, I'm not. I'm a human and I hang out with vampires. I think it's mostly a product of its time. Like, they came out of a time when the wider audiences weren't interested in comic book stuff. Yeah, that's true. And it was too niche. Uh, that's what I mean. It depends what era a movie came out in. Whereas, like, 
the Avenger movies and stuff, I'm sure the critics give them good reviews because that's what the audience wants to hear. And the critics are more made up of people who like the nerdy stuff. So it's 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 a weird one. After the Tim Burton Batman, or just that era of, of doing Batman, who was, was Blade the next superhero movie? Would you consider Blade the, the first modern superhero movie? Uh, I would consider Spider-Man the first modern one. Blade wasn't, it was a B-movie. It's like a medium budget B film. Well, yeah, and it was, it wasn't really presented as a superhero or even a comic movie. Yeah. It was just, it was just a, a vampire movie, which were very popular in the nineties. Like Spider, Spider-Man was like the first one I remember being like, uh, you know, the Spider-Man cartoons and you knew about the comic books, but finally it was proper, real, like a live action superhero film was coming out. That was the first one. I'd probably agree with you. All right, now uh, on to the final round. Uh, and we're back to Movie News Highlights of the Week. And we'll start this round with Charles. So, Charles, who's decided to release a whole stream of movies? A whole stream? Netflix have been talking about they have like a movie a week or something? Yes, yes, you're spot on. Uh, Netflix just announced they would be dropping at least one original movie every week of 2021. Tallied them up, and that's six action, four horror, nine thrillers, one sci-fi, eight romance, 18 drama, one western, nine comedy, two musicals, and 12 for the whole family movies. Uh, which uh, includes uh, things like Don't Look Up, uh, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, uh, the third entries in the trashy teen romance Dumpster Fires, The Kissing Booth, and To All the Boys, and then The Woman in the Window, starring Eddie Adams, not to name a few. <laughs> so there you go. Um, so what do you what do you think? Is it is it too much? It's always too much. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think it's uh, it's interesting. You appreciate them stepping in for the cinema. Yeah, I do. I think I think there needs to be new content being generated because there is a lot of demand, right? And uh, since cinemas are closed, it makes sense. But I don't know. What I'm disappointed about is the fact there's one sci-fi film. You know, is it that is it is it that unpopular <laughs> like that genre? Because I want to. I want like I'd rather have it half sci-fi films than the rest of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seemed like there's too many dramas in there, yeah. that wasn't there? Was it 18 drama? Yeah, 18 dramas. I don't think it's unpopular, Nick. I think it's more that just people don't do it well, and so the movies tend not to do well. Well, I think I think also they typically require a bigger budget. I, I think it's hard to make them high concept too. The scripts are hard to. It's hard to get people to connect with with that type of content when it's I don't know, like drama obviously is more relatable usually. This is more relatable topics or even thrillers since it's usually based in the present. Yeah. yeah, I guess especially in a you're trying to appeal to general audiences. Yeah. Yeah. Although, yeah, maybe one sci-fi is a little... It's a little, uh, it's kind of, it's little, come uh, on, like one. A little short change there, oh. I think. <laughs> but these are movies, these aren't shows. Uh, no, these were, yeah, these are all Yeah, movies. so maybe there's like, there's plenty of sci-fi shows too. Yeah. Uh. So um, uh, Netflix is actually still the biggest streaming service uh, with about 200 million subscribers. So uh, how much is a subscription? There's clearly someone like- who doesn't pay for their subscription. Well, depends on where you live. I'm not a no, Actually, it depends on that. So anyway, Charles, how, how, much, is, how much is a subscription? Um, I forget how much I pay monthly. <laughs> I think for the full with multiple users, it's like nineteen dollars a month, New Zealand. Nineteen bucks a month for New Zealand. So, what's uh, let's let's do some math here. It adds up pretty quick. They're making they're making bank. So, so what if we do nineteen times by twelve, which is what? Come on, you're a numbers guy, Charles. Two hundred and twenty-two. The twenty-eight dollars a year. Okay, so then we times that. By two hundred million, so that's what four million, four and a half billion. It's a lot of money. They make a lot of money. They basically captured an entire market that their family budget for films. 
because like the cost of cinema went, went way too high and they killed themselves through stupid popcorn prices. I'm talking North America. I find New Zealand it's like not dumb, but here it's yeah, our prices went up. They were getting crazy. There was something like seventeen, eighteen dollars, and then there was basically no one went to the movies, and so they dropped the prices back down to ten dollars. But they've been slowly bumping the price up. Oh man! I think it's at four special movies it's 14 and for the average normal movie so like i don't know what special means but i think it's like the first week of release they charge 14 and then they charge 12 after that oh i see special just means they have a big marketing budget um. well, well, well i find here like a, a movie ticket's going to be around 12 canadian and then for the popcorn and you have like what you bring your kids you like average of two kids maybe one to two kids and they all want popcorn. Everyone wants to share popcorn. So you're looking at another like $25 in popcorn and drinks or 30 And then a night, I would say it's around $70 for one night yeah. at the movies. Yeah. And that's like... It's very expensive. Yeah. So like if I look at my Netflix budget, even cable, you know, like I, I we don't use cable here anymore. I don't I don't watch te- cable television because it was such a rip off and they, were, they would trap you in, in the way they wanted you to watch the content, right? Really like like with PVRs and stuff. Good for sports, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, definitely will save you a bit of money. Yeah, it's like because there's only so much media we can watch, and like I saw someone post the other day, like watch do a marathon of the Marvel Universe movies, and there's like was it twenty two movies or something, and that's just to catch you up to now, and then there's all the TV series, and then there's just more and more coming. Yeah, like you could spend all your entertainment not budget and money i mean budget is in time just on marvel going forward and you could not you probably could find enough out there to keep you entertained for quite a while yeah that's true and then star wars is doing the same we're just waiting for star trek to then start doing something similar and we're already there with it they've got quite a few shows um yeah well they just canceled discovery because it's trash <laughs> yeah it's basic depends how amazon does with this lord of the rings thing that's they're working on yeah that's gonna be a gamble True. that could start a whole new avalanche of of different spin-offs of the lord of rings universe yeah i feel i feel that the um the way the way a lot of content is going it's it's more like just tech companies you know what i mean like the way they churn out content they're industrializing the content creation you know what i mean so that like this high mm-hmm. output of of content they're gonna try to outcompete each other in that way they're going to figure out more sophisticated production techniques that are just going to like replace so many jobs and so many steps. And it's already happening, right? It's going to be an interesting future in, in that, in that arena in terms of, of how these media companies that are more like tech companies and the way they behave and the way they're structured and the way they raise capital, completely different industry, right? Than before. Yep. Mm. It's definitely changing. Interesting times ahead. Uh, just so you know, yeah, the revenue is up about twenty billion a year in two thousand nineteen. Wow, that's nuts. That's like uh, one Avatar movie. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it costs? Uh, twenty yeah. billion? Nah, it's a lot. No, no. It's a lot, but because the last one was two billion. No, the, the last one had a budget of six hundred million, uh, and that's just production. So that's not marketing. So it had a budget of six hundred million, and then Jim or James Cameron managed to bump it up to 900 million. This next installment started off with a billion dollar investment, which has, has definitely ballooned. <laughs> anyway, moving on to, to the next item. Now I have a clue for Nick. Okay. Which franchise is racing towards the finish line? Mm, oh, uh, Fast and the Furious. Yes, you are spot on. The Fast and Furious franchise will conclude with a two-parter, bringing the total number of movies to 11. That's amazing. That's like the best. That's exactly what we need right now. More Fast and the Furious. More. <laughs> so, so you like the... No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the first couple, and I was like, nah, this is done. Like, you still making these things? <laughs> Come on, guys. I love I love Vin Diesel. I think he's amazing. I know he's like a B actor and all, but I love Riddick, and I like his... His whole like, you know, fantasy. He loves fantasy games and supports that whole like nerd nerd culture. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, can you think of, can you think of another series that has evolved in the same way? You know, like- have they evolved? 
I thought it was just all racing car movies. I haven't seen anything past like number two, to be honest. They became, <laughs> so. they became action films, right? You have no idea. Yeah, like <laughs> because like, I, do you remember those movies when they first the first Fast and the Furious came out? There were other films that were like the same genre film. It was like Triple X and uh, these other types of like weird B action films. And I find Fast and the Furious like spawned from that world, and they just like, hey, this is this works. This formula works. I'm just going to keep using it forever until <laughs> so we make all the money, you know? Yeah. For, for example, well, in the last movie, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, his character picked up or managed to move the direction of a moving torpedo uh, to use it. So, so <laughs> <laughs> nice. I need to see this move. It's like said for stupid fun action, though. Oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of it's dumb. It's, it's, it's a good time if you not looking at it from a yeah 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 i see what you mean (laughs) what do you think of two parters in general you know you've got obviously the twilight and harry potter series did it uh hunger games in general it seems like it's just dragging it on that doesn't need to be (laughs) but the thing is with this one there is no story already being told it's not all the ones you just named are based on books and there's a lot of content in those books, and that's their excuse for doing it. In this case, they said it's going to end with the 10th installment, which is in two parts. So it's not ending at the 10th installment, it's ending at the 11th, 11th installment. So it was just like a really dumb way to announce they're doing two more movies, well, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so it's not really a two-parter in my, in my mind. <laughs> it's, a, it's just another two movies. Yeah, all right. Uh, this next clue, I'll open up again to either of you. So, first person to jump in gets the points. So, which movie has strung up an ensemble of returning characters? Strung up. Returning characters. Hmm. hmm. Next clue. Which movie is rumoured to combine three iterations of the same hero oh spider-man they yep. should have got the first <laughs> it's like that was obvious i was like can't be spider-man it's too obvious and then i was like what it well, my answer. <laughs> should have answered, that. Know, have answered. <laughs> it's the quick of the dinner right here. uh uh, yes, yeah, so Kevin Feige, who of course heads the MCU, has said that some of the Spider-Man 3 rumours are shockingly close. Uh, these rumours include that all three Spider-Men, so that's Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire, will return, along with many of the original villains, in a multiverse movie that could tie into Doctor Strange 2 and WandaVision. Um, and there are also similar rumours in the DCEU, with the Flash movie potentially bringing back people like Danny DeVito as the penguin uh, uh, uh. no way really that would be awesome yeah i did see that yeah he's the best penguin ever yeah do that <laughs> good idea well i don't know we haven't seen the uh, colin ferrell's version yet he'll be the penguin in matt reeves the batman movie uh, but yes yeah, so, so what, what do you make of combining past versions of a character with the current one you're a fan of these multiverse ideas into the Spider-Verse did it, and it just seems like, oh, that was popular, let's do it too. It does feel a little bit like that, but I kind of like it. It makes sense based in the Spider-Man world. I liked the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, so it'd be fun to see how they interact. Yeah, I mean, I don't really care about seeing Andrew Garfield again, but... uh, (laughs) It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't anything to write home about either. Oh, he was just too cool. Hipster. Yeah, hipster vibe. I feel like uh, mixing universes, it makes it more difficult to make. I don't know. I find it makes the, the stories more fragmented in cinema in that format, like a you know, two hour long film or whatever, two and a half hour is probably what you're going to get for that type of film. And I, so I never really liked the Avengers movies myself because it was too all over the place. Like each character's kind of a bit less developed in the story, obviously, because there's so many different other characters. Like, obviously, you know the lore from the other films, so they're already connected, but it almost would make more sense to make, like, TV that way, (laughs) or make TV, you know, like, the quality of superhero films, but in a TV format. Yeah, yeah, well, I guess that's what Disney Plus is. Yeah, and that's the... the... (laughs) That's what they have done with the MCU uh, movies, it's just the really long episodes. (laughs) Yeah, like, that's how it feels now, right? It's just like, this is too much for one movie. 
and I can't I can't get into any of these characters because it's all over the place. It's a huge like battle, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got to do your homework before you come in. You got to SWAT. You got to who's connected down, who's done what, who's done, who's going to do something, and yeah. Like, when's the last time you get a good Hulk movie? Like a good one. Never, <laughs> but still, <laughs> we, we could try. Keep trying, you know. It's like trying to land on the moon, you have to. You'll have to keep trying until you do it. <laughs> well, the next opportunity you'll have is in the She-Hulk Disney Plus TV oh, series. Really? So you never know. <laughs> cool. Into the Spider Verse was a fantastic movie. Yes, very and good. That's all I really need of multiverses, to be honest. They're all. It was it was a story built around that, as opposed to being other stories converging, and then having to balance different tones and you know what have you. Well, that, that's what I mean. Like it feels like they're just kind of copying a popular thing rather than doing their own thing. And the other Spider Man, that's the biggest, the weirdest thing about this is that the first two Spider Men weren't part of, like they aren't part of the Marvel universe, like at all. They weren't even made by Marvel Studios, were they? Nope. And so it does feel a little bit weird. But it's also kind of cool that, that that's happening. <laughs> like that people are agreeing in these boardrooms somewhere. Yeah. I'd, if they're going to do that, I'd like them to introduce Spider-Gwen and some of the other more obscure ones. I, I want Spider-Pig, damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, a live-action Spider-Pig. Exactly. Okay, well. <laughs> Something finally to put on his top twenty-five. <laughs> like they can't go all in. Like just they're kind of going half in, and so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yes. Alrighty. And with that, Charles is on seventeen points, oh, and Nick school. has eight. So yes, uh, Charles, you are pushing. A, yeah, so it's making new ground today. It doesn't happen often. Um, Nick. It doesn't happen often. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which means it's time for uh, our bonus points. This is where I lose it all. <laughs> these, uh, next, these next clues will be quick fire, so they're available to both my guests, all of them. Uh, so, a last chance for Nick to crawl his way back to victory. Here goes. Which Christmas set wished they could censor their star? Tom Cruise's movie? <laughs> no. Nope. Mm, Christmas set. Uh,. It happened over Christmas time. Is it that film with? Is it that Mel Gibson movie that he's like a? Uh, oh no, it's not a recent. No, there's a new one. It's like a Christmas movie. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, the one I'm referring to is not uh, recent. Oh, I see. It's, uh, shot some. There's an an actor reflecting on his experience. Uh, was it uh, Birdman? Uh, no, it's a Christmas movie. A Christmas. Oh, sorry, that's right. No, I don't know. Don't know it. Both passing a point to me. Fantastic. Nice. <laughs> uh, no, so this is uh, Tim Allen recalling dropping the f bomb oh, yeah. on the set of the set of the Santa Claus Three uh, in front of the kids. <laughs> I was gonna say him just because he's the like the <laughs> Santa Claus movie I remember the most. So I was just so like, oh man, I should have said it. Follow you. Follow your gut. But yes, so uh, lucky for them, they didn't have James Cameron as a director. All the kids would have had to wear earmuffs all the time. Anyway, <laughs> so the next news item. Uh, which actor is keen to return to a franchise for the salary? Uh, Liam Neeson for Star Wars? Uh, no. Oh. He's... That's one I can think of. Um... Yeah, no, I can't think of any other examples that I've heard of. You actually met him on set, Charles. He played a certain dwarf. Uh, John Reese davis <laughs> Oh, yes. I just gave that history. Come on. <laughs> that was easy. It's like, hey, I know exactly who you are. <laughs> it doesn't deserve uh, okay, a point okay. there, I'm afraid. No. I've, I don't I know heard that about this one. The clue was in the word salary. So uh, John Rhys-Davies has said he'd be keen for reprising his role, Salah, uh, in Disney's Indiana Jones 5 oh. movie. Uh, yes, yeah, so a great another point to me. 
uh, and uh, each of those points was actually worth 15. So <laughs> I'm now in the You're on two uh, with 30 points. So uh, next item then. Which marvelous hero is working their way up to a sequel? Uh, that oh, Captain Marvel. Yes, yes, that is right, yeah. Charles. Captain Marvel. I don't know any of these. Uh, yes, Brie. Brie, what's her name? Brie Larson. Yes, uh, Brie Larson. Uh, she uh, is unfortunately in the news again. Uh, building hope for Captain Marvel two via her training regime and praise for the director Nia. Da Costa. Can't wait to skip that movie. Okay, and and our final item this week. Um, so maybe I'll make this bonus point worth 12 points. Oh, Zelda's. <laughs> <laughs> Steal my win away from me, Nick. Well, you never know, Charles. <laughs> it's her first person in. Which movie has made us wonder about the amount of Oscar nominations. Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty-four. Yes, Charles. There you go. God. You let me have that one, didn't you? No, no, you actually got that one first. (laughs) Yeah, it's ridiculous. They've nominated. They put themselves forward for every single category. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Despite it being an absolute dumpster fire of a movie full of horrendous writing and actually rather problematic uh, scenarios. Yes, they have even nominated themselves for Best Picture. Uh, so there you go. And so that's it. Uh, and final scores on the doors. So, Nick, you made a valiant effort with eight points. I got totally obliterated. Yes, there's, there's Charles today who who has broken his mould and comes out on top with wow. points. <laughs> Which actually means I think you go straight to the top. Oh, yeah. Victory dance. Congratulations, Carl. <laughs> You've won yourself uh, a true feeling of achievement, uh, I would say. I am so. feeling it, I'll tell you that. Charles got my seal of approval. Yes. Charles and Nick, was was this a good week for, for movies? Uh, do you reckon that the news deserves the official seal of approval? Can I just say no? <laughs> uh, I, I guess so. <laughs> No. <laughs> That's very positive. Yeah, so a, a yes from Nick and no from you, Charles. Yeah, I'm, I think I tend to agree. It was fairly, uh, fairly weak. So no official seal of approval for this week. Okay, for our audience out there, what was your news highlight of the week? Did we cover it? Did you agree with anything we had to say at all? Let us know. Uh, well, thanks for joining me, Nick, Charles, nor are you at home, and we'll see you all you next time. How does your mess work? <laughs> I thought I was on 19 before. No, it was like your counting's all wrong. <laughs> <laughs>